everybody. This is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. My name is Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Today, I'm super excited to bring back my dear friend, Scott K. Smith, for another episode. You can tune into episode 14, and I actually think this makes a really good compliment to that episode. So if you want to hear Scott's backstory, if you're beginning a spiritual journey, if you're someone who works as uh, an energy healer, anyone kind of in the in the spirit realm of sorts, um, I really love hearing. I mean, just personally as a Reiki practitioner, um, I love hearing other people's stories of like how they came to their sort of psychic sixth sense uh, type abilities and backstories and things like that. So Scott and Scott and I have some weird, amazing life overlaps. Like um, he was involved in things that my mom was involved in, both as queer folks in the 90s in the Bay Area and the East Bay, very specifically Hayward. Um, so anyway, I was just I, I and I randomly ran into Scott in L.A. Um, he was co-teaching with my Reiki master teacher. So the person who um uh, who attuned me to my Reiki master, uh, attunement, uh, was working with Scott and teaching with him. And so I got to know him that way and we've developed this friendship. I've been his client, a patron, um, and a student of his, and he's truly just one of my teachers, one of my significant influencers. And I'm really excited about the conversation we had. Um, we, we had it yesterday. I'm broadcasting today on a Thursday. Um, but uh, I was, I've been craving talking about this kind of darkness and shadow stuff, uh, mostly because as I'm, you know, doing a lot of work and healing up here in the forest, um, I live on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington State, for those of you who are newer to the podcast, um, and I walk in the forest every single day, and I've been doing a lot of really intense spiritual growth work um, out here. And um, just thinking a lot about like dark forces and how those uh, influence us and how to work with shadow self um, and how to be. And I will say I identify as a very optimistic person. Um, as an entrepreneur, you have to be the most optimistic person in the room, in the world. Absolutely. You have to believe in yourself. Jeff Bezos, not a big fan of his, but a big fan of his results. Um, he says to be an entrepreneur, you have to be willing to be misunderstood for a very long time. And so that's part of optimism right? It's just really believing in a vision that other people don't have. That's why entrepreneurs get paid so well, because you take a lot of risk and you have to have a vision that's different than other folks. Um, but uh, what has been really interesting in that is that this positivity thing, right? Like there's a way to be positive that helps to move you forward and helps you to stay in that high vibration that's uh, above depressed, right? I'm a person who has a lot of depression genetically, uh, seasonally, um, just like uh, situationally, I've experienced lots of types of depression. Um, and so mindset has been huge for me, um, as have uh, some, you know, behavior things and plant things I do to help um, keep me light and bright. But I don't want to have toxic positivity. Because when you're toxically positive, you're not growing. You're denying what needs to be seen, what needs to be uh, witnessed, what needs to be worked through. Um, and so you can't really live a head-in-the-sand lifestyle either, right? So you have to figure out how to be super positive, but also growth-oriented in order to achieve in life, I believe. So I thought this was a fantastic conversation with Scott about that kind of stuff. Um, and also... Lots of really fun, nerdy things uh, about uh, spirituality. And, and I really want you to just, like, um, dig in and, and think about 
what sort of psychic things you want to develop, what sort of spirituality um, or, or spiritualism, whatever's coming through you. I think we're all born uh, with special connections that are God-given talents that we are taught to suppress because they're weird and odd. Um, and that's why I love so much on this podcast, just uh, connecting with folks and finding out about how they were weird when they were young and how they kind of came to be the people they are today. So I hope you enjoy our discussion, but first I want to remind you the best way to support this podcast is through my Patreon. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, is a membership support site that allows folks like you to support creators who make work that brings value to you. My Patreon uh, memberships start at two bucks a month, and at that level you get access to Bevan's Bites, a podcast of episodes uh, with meditations. Um, they're all little mini episodes, but there's meditations, Reiki healing. So if you want some Reiki uh, for real cheap, uh, that's available. Um, soundscapes and, and, you know, just stuff I don't share uh, with anybody else. And this week, I'll tell you my October update is coming. And it's about how I sidestepped a big drama wormhole and saved myself a lot of heartache and time. Um, and at the 25 to, oh, and also included in that level at the $2, $5 level, um, that is access to all of my Zoom aerobics class. I created, uh, so I teach Zoom aerobics on Saturdays, uh, and it's free for anybody at any level of my Patreon, or you can just buy a ticket for 12 bucks. But Fat Kid Dance Party is my aerobics class that I created for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever been called too much or too fat or felt too awkward to dance, this is the supportive class for you. Uh, at the $25 a month level, you get access to some on-demand aerobics classes. So there's always six classes available, a 10-minute, 20-minute, a 45-minute, 255-minute, and a dedicated chair class. And all of those are cycled out one a week. So I just I record a new class a week and I upload it. So I'm teaching at least twice a week, once on Zoom and once for the on-demand class. Um, and I film those on-demand classes in the forest. So if you love the forest, if you love the outdoors and you want to bring the outdoors where you are, I'm your gal. I'm here to work out with you in the outdoors. Uh, so you can find all of that at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash F-K-D-P, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party. Um, and just appreciate you tuning into this podcast. And I love these discussions. And I want you to imagine just curling up with me and Scott on the front porch in some white wicker furniture with your favorite childhood blanket and just get cozy. And here's a little like ask, believe, receive. I've been talking about this cozy porch furniture for forever um, on this podcast specifically. And I probably mentioned that I always visualize it as white wicker. And literally one of my neighbors is moving away and she was like, oh, I have all this white wicker porch furniture. Do you want it? And so now I have my own set of white wicker porch furniture. I'm so grateful. Uh, the universe is amazing. I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you have an amazing day. Welcome back to the podcast, Scott. Hi, Bevin, one of my favorite people. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite people. And this is truly like, I think this is the perfect person to talk to at this stage of the game in terms of astrology, in terms of the veil being thin, like a Scorpio, witch, uh, priest uh, in the temple of witchcraft, right? Like you've, you've leveled up since episode 14 of the podcast. You're now a little higher level, right? Yeah. I want to say that I'm leaning into a microphone that I probably don't need to lean into, but I'm doing it anyways. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I have. I want. I just want to say one thing there that I'm actually a Leo. 
You're a Leo. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. But that's right. You're a Leo. I'm a Leo on the cusp of Virgo. So I have some like great detail oriented qualities to me uh, in there. But um, I have leveled up uh, since I last saw you. I want to say this though. Um, you, you sort of like took me through the gate um, last time when it comes to podcasts because I'd never done it before. Like I'd never been on some sort of like radio podcasty sort of thing. Um, and uh, I was super nervous, you know, um, but it was awesome to, that it was you, you know, like it was, a, you know, um, an amazing Capricorn to like sort of be that, that person to do it with. Um, so thank you for that. I was reflecting on that episode. Um, yeah, that was, that was, that was fun. But that now, like I've gone crazy and I'm like, I'll do a Zoom class. I'll talk on that. Like I'll, I'll I'm everywhere. Yeah. Like I'll do it. Um, and, uh, and, and you're right. Yes. So um, I'd gone through um, a, the mystery school in the Temple of Witchcraft, um, which is uh, based on the books that you can buy in the store by Christopher Pensack, you know, the inner temple, the outer temple, the shamanic temple, the temple of high witchcraft and the living temple of witchcraft volume one and two. But there is an internal mystery school that's associated with those as well. So you have the option to do them publicly yourself or join the school in a certain sense and go through them. And I did. And, um, and then I did, um, you know, some time in community service with them, participating in some of the classes that have been a mentor for a while. And, um, you know, I submitted an application to see if I could be ordained and I had the great blessing of being ordained. So um, this uh, September, in fact, um, I was ordained in the Temple of Witchcraft as a high priest. Um, so yeah, this is it's, uh, Kate Bush in uh, the red shoes. This is really happening to you. Yes, it's really happening to me. Um, it's awesome. That's awesome. And it's such a culmination of I see you as so much of a, a mage and like someone who really just gathers information and teaches and is a holder and keeper of a lot of uh, information and lineage and things like that. And so it's, it's fun as like your student. I think I've known you since 2017. Um, I can't believe I missed clocked you as a Scorpio. I, I know when your birthday is. Like, it's so funny. I love a Leo too, but um, it's funny that yeah. I Scorpio. I don't know what, what it Where was. It's Scorpio season. Scorpio season. It's everything okay. Scorpio. As well it should be. I love Scorpio. Everything yeah. is coming up, Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> everything full of justice and a little shady judgment. <laughs> Connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Privacy. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, what was I going to... Okay, so... I, but also it's exciting as your student to just kind of watch you, like, moving forward towards a thing. I, You know, I, I was like, you know, to me, you were already ordained, right? Like, I feel like, you know, there's there's definitely people who have, like, the kiss of a goddess on them to be a teacher and a healer and a minister and someone who... Because I think ministry is, like, basically anyone who shows uh, the love of God through them, right? Like, whatever that means to them and, like, whatever that that works through and for me as a witch like a lot of my witchy things that I do are really about my connection to the goddess and like wanting to bring more of my light and my power to the surface mm -hmm. um, and by power I just really mean like my own agency and my own self-determination rather than you know like the years I spent being a lawyer and trying to like conform to what society wanted me to do like chiseling at my body and hating my body because it wasn't conforming to what right right yeah, that's an interesting, you know, um, I, I think part of the aim in that was I really, I, I, you know, like, I don't want to make this all about Temple of Witchcraft, but I do want to 
give credit where credit's due. You know, it's, it's an Aquarian modeled organization, a spiritual nonprofit, um, you know, uh, queer founded, right? Um, Adam, um, Christopher Pensack um, and uh, Steve Kenson, um, powerhouses in their own right, um, you know, in a great partnership and, um, you know, the expansion of this work, um, you know, but it's Aquarian modeled. It's, it's, it's really, I think the teaching and the benefit in it is, is sort of like, this is the way that we present it as a, uh, a model, a crucible, if you will, you know, like a, a vessel for you to experience this. How did that work for you? Right. And as you progress, like, how does that, how, how does that contribute? Like, what would you offer from that? So it's never like, necessarily like do as we say you know kind of thing like this kind of top-down spirituality but i think it's organized in a way where the power is dispersed through mentors and and ministries and all these sorts of things that it has a more collective experience to it it's very curious you know i, I sort of like that and and i really wanted to be able to offer that um, because i benefited from so much you know uh, that i wanted to be able to offer it to others but in order to do that i needed that ordination so you know, I really had to empty my cup and just sort of like dive into it fully. Um, and I have like a, yeah, I'm, you, you mentioned astrology. I know some about astrology. I would say this, um, and that intersects the temple of witchcraft, but um, I'm actually, you know, I'm intuitive and I'm psychic, right? And, and there's some mediumship stuff in there where I hear guides and spirits talking. And so I'll know things because I have a team that informs me, but I don't necessarily know like it's Mars retrograde in Aries until someone says, oh, that's Mars retrograde in Aries. And I was like, oh, that's why it was so aggressive and it was doing X, Y, and Z. And so I've, I've actually, I'm actually learning, I'm schooling myself, you know, like uh, following Sam Bellier, Scorpio Rising Astrology, um, you know, um, he's genius and um, comic and loving and, and I really like him. Um, and and some other folks and just sort of like learning, you know, as, as I go, because it's a, it's a weak spot for me. It always seems like math. It is. You know I mean, astrology is science and art together, and it has a lot of math involved. But I think what's cool about the information age is that we have access in a way that former astrologers didn't. So in the olden days, the astrologers would have to do all their own little math and all their own stuff to figure out where things were. But now we just uh, clicky clicky into astro.com. You can look up your birth chart for free. You can look up all the, all of the celebrities birth charts. And for me, I think astrology has been this beautiful unfolding gift of learning more and more. Um, and as I just learn more about charts and I learn more about planets and how they affect us. And I think that there, to me and my belief system is just that like the, essentially everything on earth is made up of stardust. Like we are literally just stars. Right. And so I think we are the way the stars look back at ourselves. And I think that energy connection is just undeniable. Um, and, and I just think it's cool to just learn more about like how the stars affect us. But I think you're right. It is all interdependent and like, you can just you know, skip knowing what's going on astrologically and like connect with your guides. Like it's all the same. Okay. Info. Yeah. It's helpful. I mean, it's helpful like in, as far as teaching or, or understanding what's working with people because it helps to point to something, you know? And I think that that, you know, being a psychic, I can, I could just get stuff, you know, and I do, but being able to turn to a card to show a visual representation of that as a key, right. Unlocks it differently. And, and being able to turn towards the star and be like, see, look, it is, this crazy happening with Capricorn and Neptune, you know, like it's, you know, it's, it's that thing. And, 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 and that gives someone like a little, you know, like a little morsel, 
you know, that they could chew on that might whet their appetite for different information and might open up their intuition, you know, uh, and lead them in a direction that's going to, that's going to take them to a deeper answer, you know, or a deeper discovery. But you said, you, 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 you said something about, you know, like, um, you know, being a teacher or seeing me as a teacher, you know, in, in that sort of way. I have this really groovy setup in, in like, in my house of community, right? Which I think is like the 11th, 11th house and people might have different names for it, but that's the way that I, I, I took from it, the way that it was explained to me, which someone has called it like the snow white of setups there. So like, I really thrive and do well when I'm working with community and I'm presenting and I'm teaching and I'm, I'm creating offerings there because there's like, there's like a gathering of forces in there, you know, at my, at my birth time and, and at a certain degree that makes it like, everything lines up for that sort of thing. And, and which is, which is really interesting because, you know, as an individual, you know, a latchkey kid, you know, like in surviving and all these sorts of stuff, I have a do it myself kind of like go to, and that actually isn't necessarily the most helpful thing. And that, and that gathering of planets there is, is, is my little morsel that I can point to and say like, Oh yeah, you're, you're all lined up in a certain way to say like, Hey Scott, work with community. You know, like, Hey Scott, you like, you know, like <laughs> present it, show it, be a Leo, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a fun part about my birth chart is that my Mars, so the planet of work and action is in, um, I think it's the fourth house, but it's the house that's concerned with the body. So it like totally makes sense that everything I do wow. is bodies. <laughs> is that amazing? Right? And then like the Chiron, which is this comet that goes through your chart and it's like your biggest issue, like the kind of knot that like the masseuse is always trying to work out that always reappears and it's your wow. thing that comes back up again and again. Mine is in community. It's in that house with the community and it's like, so it's, it's that thing where I'm learning how to feel like I belong. Like that's a big issue for me. Wow. Um, but like, it's transformative. It's transformative personal work to lean in and be like, okay, well, how can I find my belonging from inside as also a former latchkey kid who was an only child and very alone growing up. Um, and so, yeah, like, it's interesting, right? Like kind of decoding personality and figuring out our best path forward. Yeah. I mean, I almost feel like a little read there, which is like, you know, there's like the whole, I mean, I think that there's more to Chiron than just wounded healer. You know, like, I think that there's probably like, I know that there's books written on this, you know, like, and I know that people have like written an epistle on it. Like, you know, there's a lot of information out there. Right. But I, but I feel like, like that, because I think that, you know, like you intersect community and you're doing something that's not just healthy physically, but emotionally in so many other ways that that sort of exhibits you know, like as a, now that it's seen like, you know, the, the path of healing for, for Bevan really like evolving that is, you know, the right direction to be in. Yeah. Right. Totally. Totally. It's really, um, yeah, it's magical. And so, okay. I want to dive right into this because this is really why I brought you on here. Um, I want to talk (laughs) about shadow work. Um, Will you start by just defining what it means to do shadow work and what that, what that means to you? Right. No. So what I mean by that is I will describe it, not define it. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm being cheeky, but I, 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 I think that in magical talk that we have, we can be presented with a lot of different things. And so I'm going to give you my description as I work with it. Right. And let you define it for yourself. Right. And so, so for me, like 
I think that shadow work is part of a complex of undiscovered country, right? Uh, within ourselves that are that is parts of ourselves, right? Like maybe even the shadow complex, right? Like there are there are portions, there there's land, there's there's deep community in there that we don't understand is is even operating, right? Which is which is childhood inner child, right? Which is um, forgotten or unattended or undiscovered, right? You know, like the true subconscious shadow stuff, right? You know, or or like sometimes I like to describe it as the as the there was a poet that and I, and I and I can't reference her, but I can remember her talking about the shit in the back alley in the back door, and it's, it's right on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember it. Someone's probably like, "Oh, it's this lady," but we can't hear you. But thank you. Um, but you know, it's it's all of this this stuff that's kicked out. It's like everything that we other, right? So it's our wounds. It's all of those sorts of things. Some would say, like maybe in magical communities, you know, um, or in certain traditions, that it's also the animal self. You know, like it's these these the you know these instinctual parts of ourselves that are not in the process of thought. And so when I describe shadow work, I would say all of those sort of things lump into the, not necessarily verbal parts of ourselves, but the instinctual or the unconscious aspects of ourselves that are at play in our life. So I think there's always shadow work, right? And I think that, you know, I think when that intersects, you know, like what I do, witchcraft, you know, and magic, you know, it's, I think there's a psychology to it. It's a magical spiritual psychology, not necessarily like Jung psychology, um, but, but that it is, a, it, is, it is the process of uncovering, right? Or it is the process of tending so that what's seeded there, right, can grow out of that. Because I think, you know, the, the shadow is fertile um, and possible, right, and potential. And that shadow work allows us to, to, through the process of uncovering or healing um, or understanding or remembering, um, to encourage those uh, qualities within there to bring newness into our life or to become more fully who we are as individuals. Yeah, I think that's, that's great. That's a very thorough definition of shadow work. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. That definition, description. I know. I was just being cheeky with you at the start, but yeah. <laughs> like cheeky I like keep it going and and also you're right like everybody's like definitions of things like kind of can be wherever I just like to I like the the concept of anchoring a discussion around like let's understand what this means before we even dig in sure because I think like a lot of stuff um in spirituality becomes very like toxic positivity right and uh where people are just focused on like you have to be grateful and and not let any dark in which is not like life right because life is a balance of both yes and right the moon shows us darkness and light fully every month right so so i think we're meant to have more balance uh than we do but also we're kind of raised in this very anti-magic anti-intuition anti-body anti all the things society that really doesn't allow us to be our fully complex human selves so i'm curious like how um, like maybe for you, um, this has worked or how would one uh, go about like having a balance in terms of like being a light person, if you're a person who wants to bring more light to the world, then that's part of, I mean, for me, I think I'm really here to bring light, right? I'm, I know yeah. my 
way is powerful. And I know my dark is deep, but I also know I live a much higher quality of life when I can stay in the joy place. But I don't want to stay in the joy place, like uh, denying who I really am, right? Like I want to be full in my complexity. Um, so I'm curious, like for you, like what does it look like to to even pursue balance with shadow work or to be tidy with your shadow self, right? Like you were talking about cleaning your house as a form of like mental um, anchoring and grounding um, to have that tidy house. So I feel like in some ways doing shadow work is tidying, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I I. I, I think in aspects, yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, um, it's, I, I think there's lots of wiggle room and nuance, right? Because there's lots of techniques and ways of doing things. But I, but I think to answer the initial question, you know, like, like how, how do you do it? Or sort of like, what are you doing? Right. You know, is, is this, I'm holding up my journal here, right. This little, this little thing here of, of notes, right. And whatever that is, is that this is this is me being honest, right, with myself, right? And if we're talking about being authentic and being our light and offering light with our world, I think that that really starts with us. So shadow work is not, you know, for me, a demonstrative thing for other people, right? It is sort of in the end because it comes out in the work, right? That, I mean, like there's, there, there's a reward in there, I think for me, and I like to see it that way is that, that, I may slog through something that's difficult by, I may, I may have discomfort in being honest with myself, but I develop a practice that's being honest with myself and that's through writing and meditation and then understanding what that is and asking myself, what's the next step or what's the direction or what do I need? It doesn't always mean that it's a productivity thing, right? It's like, oh no, I'm going to do these things and I'm gonna write affirmations and I'm all that sort of stuff, you know, but it's, it's, I think it's parts of feeling, right? Because it's undiscovered. And so recognizing that it's new, so it's a new friend, mm -hmm. right? That, that might be coming in with like skin, knees and a bloody nose, right? You know, it, it might be coming in banged up. And so it's not in the, the most presentable way, but it's not for me to judge it. It's for me to hold it and accept it and hear it and understand it. Um, that's a basic way to say it. So, so what that looks like is I have an interaction with someone in the world who I know or don't, right? But I, I'll do my best because this is me and this is the way that I like to handle it. I'll be as neutral in that situation as possible. In fact, I'll often knee jerk to neutrality in that. Okay, whoa, right? Because I don't want to at somebody, right? But as a Leo, I can really at somebody, let me tell you, okay? So... <laughs> I, I know, I know what will get my goat, right? You know, and so, and so I'm like, ooh, ah, you know, like I, I'll do things like, that's upsetting to me. Can I talk about that later? Or like, you know, I have to excuse myself or, you know, like I'm really upset about this. Can we talk in a couple of days about it? Cause I can't do it right now. I'll try to exit it, you know, to, to retain that. Cause I don't want to act with someone. I'll then sit with that feeling, right? Not try to override that feeling or, you know, rewrite it, right? But just what is it? What is it? right? Okay, now that I got that as a definition, where did that come from? Was it them? Was it that person in that car? Or was it something else? And when I, when I start to go at it that way, when I make the space, because we really want to emotionally react and go into the next thing instantly, when I make the space for it, I'm really working with it, right? Because space is love. So I'm also doing an act of self-love, right? I'm opening the space to hear 
what a, a suppressed part of me or an unconscious part of me wants to say about something that I may have forgotten, right, or come in with. And so in ideal situations, I, you know, I have hours to do that, right? I don't always, right? And then that's why I have the, the step aside or the apology or the step back or explaining myself and then taking the time to really look at those sorts of things. And all magic aside, all ceremonial stuff aside, all, all the fun, you know, twists and woos and sticks and skulls and all that sort of stuff, right? Like that's the, that's the base of it, right? Is, is creating the space, acknowledging what it is and uh, finding a way to express that, what it is. And that, and that leads me towards the direction that it wants to go and, and maybe integrating it with myself. Mm. yeah that's the I it's like a pause of possibility I do that like you know instead of reacting right you respond and by responding that's just choosing to to take a space and that might mean telling someone hey I can't talk about this right now like let's check in again another time yeah. or like tomorrow or getting an email I got an email last night that upset me it was like it was a, an email about a rate actually someone wanted uh advertise on my instagram and like she came back with a much lower offer than what i wanted for my time and what they were asking me to do and i was like oh my price just went up you know what i mean like it was just like and i had all these reactions to it and i was like i don't need to send this email tonight i can send it when i'm feeling more emotional together but then also too like just giving space for you to have that feeling um there's a leadership teacher that I follow that um, has advice that basically uh, what you do, and you said this in what you were saying, like what you do in private shows up in public. Yeah. So like, that work you do on yourself um, and when you spend time with yourself, he suggests like, he's like a leader needs to spend time alone in the morning and at night because you need to be able to like center yourself and you need to be able to integrate what you've learned. And for me, my nature walks in the forest are my alone time. And I had a, a lot of big feelings come up the other day where I was able to like, interact with my behavior to stop my behavior from making those feelings bigger but i still needed to be present for those feelings and they didn't go away just because i didn't enact my behavior i had to then go um later in the forest and i was just really present because the feeling that was dominant was frustration you know and it was just like right. mostly frustration over honestly god's timing which isn't my my business right and so but i had to be present for these icky icky feels that did not feel good to feel, but I wanted to love them and be present for them anyway, because they were my truth. Um, and like, now that we're talking about this, I'm like, oh, I guess that's shadow work, right? Like, it's just being present for the things that are harder, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I mean, there's lots of that sort of popcorn in my head when you, when you, when you talk there. I mean, I think that's beautiful work, and that's a great way to approach that. And, you know, good for you, really, honestly, Thanks. you know? I, I think in, I think we could, I could pivot one way and say like, you know, we could look at it because we asked about light there. You, you had a, uh, you know, a question and statement about light there. You know, when I think about light, right, I'm not talk, just talking about the physical light, you know, which is, we can interpret that in a, in a few ways. It is energy, right? But it's perceptible through our eyes, right? That, that it is light in that way. And so we have a, an ideas or we have ideas about it. But I think that it's also, um, that light of creation or that creative light of the universe, right? It's the light behind the light, right? It's the frequency behind all the, all, the, all the other frequencies. And that frequency for me, right, represents consciousness, right? So when we talk about bringing light, we're talking about consciousness. We're talking about consciousness practice. And everybody has a different spin on that, right? You know, everybody has a different spin on that. When we're talking about 
you know, darkness, shadow work, these are not moral negatives, right? Um, they're, they're not bad, right? They're just not in that light of consciousness. So they're unconscious. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if we really look at it, if we, if we spin it in a way, and I think it's important to spin it in ways that serve us, right. We have to find where our minds are latching onto things and be aware of, you know, and, and the way that we can use them. When I see it that way, I'm encouraging, right. Unheard or unseen parts of myself to have voice in my life, to make me a fuller person. And that adds to my light. Mm. That adds to my light. I love that. Right. And I can develop magical practices on that. And I can develop meditation practices on that. And I can develop journal practices on that. You know, I think the, the one thing that I would say, um, um, Brandon's going to walk in the door. So Trixie may bark. Um, <laughs> I was trying to sign language that to you, but I don't know if that's going to work. Um, fine. um I'm going to just open the door for her. Oh, in advance. <laughs> that um, um, I, I think that I think that I want to mention like when it comes to those sorts of things is you know like I'm, I'm not I'm not adding at anybody or picking on any you know anybody in particular because I, I don't tend to follow a lot of people to be honest mm-hmm. um, I, I, I pick my favorites right and I see who they show and um, but but, but I think that there's, you know, it's easy, I think, as, you know, topics and ideas enter more into the popular culture to things, um, to want to come on to something that has an easy solution or a quick fix. And I am cautious around that. You know, I've seen someone like, say, like, you, you, you find something that upset you and you just create a positive affirmation around it and that sort of thing. And I think that that's an aspect of shadow work and it has value. But I think it has value when you've done the deeper work with it to the degree that you're able, right? Right, to the degree that you're able and, and that it opens and it progresses um, because I think affirmations and things are great and, and powerful ways to, to use spoken word and that light of consciousness to create changes. Um, but as, as you were saying in the beginning, not to like override, not to steamroll, you know, uh, you don't want to pave paradise and put up a parking lot, right? You know, like it's, it's that sort of thing. And, and it's that undiscovered country, right? That's really populated with all parts of ourselves. And, you know, and some would say like different type of, types of soul complexes, you know, like there's ways that we're connected to people down. There's ancestry there at that level, you know, there's, there's tides of energy that connect us through our blood and our bone and, and uh, to lineage and spiritual lineage and all sorts of things there that, that could be in that place as well. And so I think there's many voices there. There's many rich voices there to be, to be had. And I don't want to, I don't want to come at them with like, we're going to be positive today. You know, like eventually, eventually we will come into a loving relationship. Right. But I want to come in there first and listen. Yeah. And open that door with listening. Yeah, it's like, it's the, it's that pause. So like we can have a pause where we like are dealing with our own feelings, but then also having the pause for other people and being like, okay, I want to hold that you're feeling this way. And let's, and then, you know, like, like holding space for things is really mostly what I think we need in order to transmute instead of 
needing it to be positive all the time. Like I think toxic positivity denies the shadow self. Whereas like, I think just regular positivity is like more like, I mean, I see my power in my positivity because when I'm really depressed and really dark, I'm not doing anything. I'm not, I'm not adding to the world. I'm certainly not delighting anybody, you know, like, and I'm not, not bringing forth what I think. Cause I think like, you know, for me, like, I think God is like joy and abundance and miracles and like, and these kind of light and bright concepts. But then, uh, and I also just read, I'll, I'll say this, this is kind of like tying into what you were talking about. Like I, I just read this book by Joyce Meyer, uh, The Battlefield of the Mind about mm -hmm. thought life. She's very Bible heavy, right? Like it's like diving into a Bible study group to learn something. So you got to like take what you like and leave the rest with these kinds of things. But it really intrigued me that she thinks um, that our higher thoughts are from God. And then the negative nasty thoughts are from she, what she calls the devil, which like, I don't really know that I buy the devil. Mm -hmm. I do buy like lower thought forms. Like I, I get that, that, that exists. And I get that, like, um, I don't know. And so I'm curious, like what you think, like with, in terms of like thought life, in terms of the thoughts that we're catching, um, that are either highest self stuff or our lower energy things. Like, do you have any guidance or, or clarity from your traditions about like where those types of thought energies and thought forms come from? Well, I mean, I, 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 I think, I think for me, I want to express and what you're saying there is there was a great book. I'm looking behind myself because I know I have it somewhere, but I don't know that it's immediately available. Um, but it was on alchemy and it was by Dennis William Hauk, H-A-U-C-K or H-A-U-K. Where's that book at? Um, H-A-U-C-K. And you know, it's, it, you, you, you know, alchemy is that led to gold, you know, like it, I'm, I'm probably, someone is like, it's so much more than that. And I know that it is, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say that, you know, it's that led to gold. It's, it's that, it's that sort of energy there, you know, like it's, uh, you know, but for me, it's also a little bit sexier. It's that Sam Sparrow black and gold, you know, like it's, it's, it's that depth, it's that deep Saturn energy, right? And it's that golden sun energy, right? It's that, it's that yellow energy. It's the black and gold. It's those things coming together. And these are not, a a ladder of better and worse necessarily i think that there are two so i think the way i look at it is like you you look at my altar there's a black candle there's a white candle there's a black crystal there's a white crystal and that represents uh the you know like the the perceptible way that i'm tapping into divinity which is goddess and god right and it's not that um you know it's it's these um, absolute everything dark is goddess and everything light is God or whatever. But for the purposes of meditation and opening the doors to those things, it's a way to sacredly recognize both aspects of creation, the divine feminine and divine masculine that create that, that greater spirit that dances between all things. And so there in that there's less of a demonization of something. There's not, you know, old Cludy over there, this bad guy, you know, like, you know, in the, in the dark, it's more like Aretha Franklin. There's a spirit in the dark. I got some references for you today for some reason, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's that, it's that, that, that there is, that there is, that that's not just a dark, which is unrealized, right. But it's also its own energy and its own frequency and its own space, you know, it's dark matter and stars, you know, it's, 
it's, it's however we want to do that. And so I think in, in terms of shadow work, when I frame it beyond the basics, is that we're in a process of marrying those things together. Maybe marrying is not the right word, but we're blending them together. We're finding how they come together in union, right? Um, um, uh, versus just transforming it or, or, or elevating it to a higher level. You know, um, thought forms, everything's a thought form. You know, affirmations are thought forms, spell are thought forms, you know, and what we encounter in the world, when I take that first part, which is recognizing that dark and light are both divine, right? When I encounter things in other areas, you know, like, are they evil? Are they bad? Are they just unhealthy for me, right? You know, like, if I go on a trip into the lower astral, right, like I'm astral projecting and I go somewhere, the equivalent of a swamp, right? Like, I could pick up leeches, Right, I could pick up things, but are they bad or are they just bad for me because they shouldn't be attached to me? Mm. Right. And so and so I, I just I just want to spin that in there with it that I think that there are also bad thought forms. I think that there are things that people have created that are out there that we don't necessarily want to attach to, you know, like weird modern day movements that create stuff just to pull people into, you know, vorpals of control over someone, you know, like those are, those are definitely a different sort of thing that we're talking about here. I think that, um, I think I'm still on topic. Um, I got, that got a big spirit conversation on that one that was like, ah, coming through. So like, I just wanted to say that, that, that aspect there. Um, I think that you know, when we take it as a, com as a conversation, we understand that there's union, that's a part of it, that it's part of our soul growth and our process of, of going through things. We stop to see it as, you know, good and evil, right? Um, Joyce Myers is very charismatic and I'm, I've definitely had my time with her on television, you know, like in the past, you know, like because she does have a way of delivering certain things, uh, you know, and, and I feel she's a loving person, right? You know, so, um, but, but I, but I think when I start to spin it away from the, the good evil dialogue, you know, like the, that there's a devil there or whatever. And I start to look at it like, okay, if it is a devil, like it's my, it's probably my devil and how do I work with it? You know, like then the conversation about shadow work and alchemy and direction and all those sorts of, sort of things start to change. I feel like it didn't answer your question. I mean, it sort of did. Uh, I mean, mostly I'm just kind of like, do you think that these are like random lower thought forms or do you think these are like things that are targeting us specifically? Do you think that like, um, like I do, I mean, a lot of my protection work that I do just in my daily spiritual hygiene that I think protects me from a lot of these lower thought forms, I learned from you. So right. like, it's not like it's protected me from like ever having to deal with this. I struggle with my thought life every day. Well, I, I triumph in my thought life almost every day. How's that? Um, yeah, meaning like I'm just choosing to think thoughts that amplify me, that help me stay resilient and moving. Um, but then there's all those like self doubts and things like that, that like just creep in like the negative thoughts. That, I mean, I think humans have kind of a negativity bias anyway, like physiologically, like that's, psychologically what we're geared towards and then we're raised in a society that's full of morality right good and bad um but then it's not necessarily what's good for you good or bad for you right like i like to use the term doesn't serve me versus bad or bad, okay. bad. that's good 
right? Because it's not serving me, right? Like, I don't eat sugar because it doesn't serve me. It really fucks up my brain, actually. So, like, right? Like, but it's not like it's bad. It's just a thing that doesn't serve my body and my chemistry. So, you know, whatever. I don't, I'm, I try not to have judgment around things. But anyway, I'm just curious, like, if you think, like, there's lower thought forms out there that are, like, targeting people randomly or if they're like things that are just kind of part of the process of being human is just like understanding that like thought life is a is our struggle or I don't know I'm just curious like what your your hot take is on that yeah I mean I think that you know like we live in a wide universe right and I though I and though I believe that we are in a place where we are guided by good spirit teams um, you know, or can be, right? And, you know, I think that there are mighty dead out there, ascended masters, you know, I think that there are saintly presences and divinities and all those sorts of things that are out there. Um, I also think that there are forces that exist within the universe that are forces of destruction, right? Because that's part of the universe is the breaking down of things, you know, like is the transformation of things. And I think within those systems of destruction that there are entities or energies that are part of that. Right, and if those are out of context, if they're out of those places, if someone has done something to draw something like that out of the, you know, out of that dimension or out of that place, like it's going to be destructive, right? I also think that people, I mean, like marketing and advertising. I mean, like if I mean, those are some crazy thought forms, right? You know, like I, I would we watch shows and stuff. I try not to to tap into the commercial aspect if it's on the television. You know, to turn that off or to mute it. You know, I don't listen to a lot of radio. I feel like I'm sounding like a very tinfoil hat person right now. Um, but, you know, it's... You know, but, I'm, I'm sober from the news since 2016. Yeah, Not right. tinfoil hat life to curate what goes into your brain. I don't right, know. right. You know, but, but, but I'm saying like, I, I think that there are, you know, I think that there are, I'm not going to name names or do any of that sort of stuff, but I think that there are people like in the last six or seven years who have really used what I might call magic, you know, to be influential to other people you know, at, at larger levels of things, you know, and, and, and so, yeah, like, I think that that's there. I mean, I've gone through some more theosophical bent programs um, where they talk about, you know, thought forms as lesser. I'm still, you know, like my, my go-to on that is that, you know, maybe it's elemental or maybe it's from the natural world and maybe it's just not healthy for me but I know also that there are things that people create that are not healthy for us, that that might be unconscious projections, might be something that we inherited, you know, through um, birth or our body systems from, you know, like, uh, you know, inherited trauma, you know, um, not necessarily like Anne Rice's Lasher, you know what I mean? Like, a, you know, like that could happen, right? Good book. Um, but, but I think that they're, they are there. I think that if you are, doing the work on some level to maintain yourself to, and by that, I mean like energetic hygiene, spiritual hygiene practices, whether bathing or using, you know, herbs um, or stones or selenite or whatever it is that you're doing, being mindful of your field of energy and using protection, um, being conscious about your thoughts and your motivations. Like I think that you're in the right I would base that in the right area to really navigate and probably not even encounter a lot of the, you know, less savory stuff that's out there. 
and be able to recognize it when you're like, mm, that's not my taste palette. You know, like when, when you, when you experience it to be able to, to, for it to bounce off or for you to get out of the way of it. You know what I mean? There's, there's things that you could do magically. I think that make you invisible to those things as well. You know, like I think, you know, not to get too nerdy, but like the rosy cross ritual from like high magic, you know, which is this cross quarter crosses with roses kind of thing. Like it really creates a golden light. Like I think that's a great invisibility spell to certain things. Okay, now you're going to have to walk us through this real quick. Just like, uh, God, yeah. uh, I, I don't, I don't know that I could walk you through a practice of it necessarily. I think that that's a visually demonstrated thing, but, but it's, it's, if you, if you Googled it or you looked at Donald Michael Craig's book, Modern Magic, there's a great version of it in there. Um, I don't use it all the time, but it is a way It's like starting in the, the Southeast and the Southwest and the Northwest and the Northeast. And it's basically drawing a cross in a circle and, 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 and sort of intoning certain things. I've seen people do other techniques of it. And you basically create a circle around yourself, right? You create, it's, it's almost like a protection, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, for me, when I do it, it creates this kind of diffuse golden light, right? I'm really calling in this golden light. And I asked for that to make me invisible to something. The example that I got when I first got it, which I think I got from Donald Michael Craig, right? You know, in, in reading his stuff was, you know, like say you wanted to be, you know, invisible, you know, to, to like, you know, the police or something like, you know, like you're, you're speeding or something. And, you know, like, I was like, this is a bad example, but I get your point, you know, and uh, maybe not today, right? You know, like uh, maybe not for certain people, right? You know, but, but it's to say that like, he was like, you want to make, you want to make sure that it's an intention for that sort of thing, you know, like that, that what is it that you're being invisible to? And so I'll do it around the house. And I'll just say like, you know, we're, we're sort of like, we're in this mist or we're in this light to be invisible to whatever sort of psychic forces that might be out to, you know, cause havoc, you know, or whatever's unhealthy to us in that sort of way. Try not to, I try not to be, I should say, I try not to be too overclearing and overprotective, right? I, I don't want to make myself the bubble baby, right? In a certain sense, maybe that's a bad metaphor, but like you get what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to hermetically seal myself off because I do want a little exposure to the world, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I, I do need that sort of like inoculation in a certain way or that sort of like immunobuilding, you know, like uh, of my practice, you know, in that sort of sense. Um, uh, yeah, Donald Michael Craig, uh, Modern Magic, but I think there's plenty of YouTube videos out there that you can also find that. Um, he's since passed, but I, I really like his work. It's, it's good. And uh, um, there are other versions of that that are available now if that's not like your person or your taste of things. Mm-hmm. But the Rosie Cross Ritual, that's a great way to sort of create a, a field of invisibility around things. You know, what's funny is um, ever since I was driving Lyft in LA, I have, every time I get in the car to drive somewhere, I set an intention, like a sphere of invisibility to law enforcement. Yeah. Um, and not that I need it, right? But like, I don't prefer to be bugged by law enforcement. I yeah. drive, Like around here, they're real serious. So I set my intention to be invisible to law enforcement and I set like a safety bubble and like things like that to help me stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it just, it's your, your more, more things are popping off in my head. You know, like a, the usefulness of that now and protests and uh, things can be something to think about. Yeah, something uh, to encourage in some sort of way. Maybe that, may that live in the world in a way that's right, healthy, and good. 
Yes. Um, okay, Scott, I have one more question for you. Uh, and um, it's from a conversation I just had with my friend Mags, who is a Scorpio, who was on the podcast um, earlier this year for pre-pandemic. Um, so for those of us keeping hope alive, does that contribute to the system and continuing uh, like devaluing of others? Like, you know what I mean? Like basically, like how do we, if we're keeping hope alive, right? Like for those of us who are like choosing not to uh, buy into doom scrolling and thinking the world is falling apart because the world is falling apart. It's always been falling apart. It's supposed to fall apart, right? Like that's kind of where I'm at. Like, but like we're trying to figure out like the way to like keep hope alive, but not also contribute to a system that devalues people and, de and, and systemically murders them, right? So how do we like sort of balance that that light and that hope amidst times that are very dark? Um, that's a wonderful question. Um, I feel like what, and I, sh I should know her name because I just watched her. What's the actress that played uh, Brenda um, on um, 90210? Oh, you mean Shannon Doherty? Shannon Doherty. You know, she was just on uh, an interview with a friend, uh, you know, and, you know, like, oh, you know, they were asking her certain questions about like being terminal or whatever. And she was sort of like, we're all terminal. Like, you know, we're all, we're all, we're all exiting the game at some point, you know, like at least in a physical form sort of thing. And I'm not doing that to like bring it down. Right. But, but I want to say that there's, there's that there, right. There's that actuality there. And I think that there's a dance in all that we do uh, from birth to that doorway. You know, Ram Das famously quoted, we are all just walking each other home. It's also a great book. Um, I'm not an employee, but I'm just saying I like it. You know, like it's, it's a good one, um, you know, and, and because it creates a metaphor of like, you know, like we're all just walking each other home, right? In that walk, in that direction, in this path that what we're doing, you know, like I practice witchcraft, I twist fate. You know what I mean? Like this is about choice for me. But like, if I'm doing that, I have the choice to at any moment ask myself, what is this doing for me? Is it healthy? And what is it contributing to, right? What is it contributing to? Like what we're doing repetitively. I just wrote this on the Patreon too. And I really felt like this was strong in the practice pieces. You know, the things that I'm doing repetitively right, right now, right? Um, are cultivating something for me. Like, am I overworking? I'm cultivating tiredness. It's an abundance of tiredness, right? You know, like it's, what, what, am I, what am I sort of like building up here? If I'm cultivating hope, right? And I'm saying that from the perspective of like, I'm not trying to avoid the world, right? But I'm trying to hold hope while I'm in it, while that's happening, right? The lotus in the mud kind of thing, you know, the, the light in the dark, you know, that, like that sort of thing. I think that we're not bypassing right? We're making a conscious effort to be our best selves, right? To use that phrase, right? To be our highest selves, right? To live our highest selves in those moments. If I'm choosing it to deny all of that stuff, I don't know, maybe there's questions there to ask, you know, one's personal motivation in that, right? Because I don't know that I could blanket statement say that like everybody who's doing that is this way or everybody who's doing that is that way, right? But like to ask yourself, like, are you doing this, you know, is it an avoidance, you know, um, why, right? And, and how uh, is it necessary, right? Because sometimes avoidance is necessary. Sometimes retreat is necessary. Sometimes detox is necessary, right? Okay, now I'm conscious of that and I do that and that serves me so that when I enter the world again and I'm bringing my hope, 
right? I'm bringing this light. I'm the star tarot card. I'm bringing hope, right? And I'm bringing that into the world. Then I'm doing it, you know, mindful of that this is also happening here. Because there's, there, I mean, there's, let's be honest, there's nothing more annoying than that person who just refuses to acknowledge everything that's happening yeah. and just wants you to love and light it, right? And love and light is like two parts of the equation. There's also, you know, life. And there's also, you know, like these laws of magic that are there, you know, and these things all come together to form liberation, you know, like these, this kind of pyramidal, or these, these, all these elemental parts that come together to really form all the necessary components there. We need it. I think we need it now. Like we had a lot of, it's, it's so, it's so funny. I remember having this conversation in the past where I think it was like a 13 or 14, 2013 or 2014, maybe 15, where, you know, I was like, everybody's like, wow, there's like a lot of light workers. You know, like everybody is jumping on the light work. Everybody's, you know, like, and then witchcraft, you know, like everybody really started to grab these things. And, and I was like, you know, light, light workers just don't come in to always to have a party, right? Like they're here for a reason, guys, like gals everybody like light workers come in for a reason right like this isn't just like the rainbow parade it is right now and it's awesome right like i'm enjoying it but there's a reason that it's coming in and look where we went you know what i mean and so i think that that's where that's where we really get tested those positions that we developed and those things that we cultivated that were hope and love and light and um comfort and uh wisdom that we want to offer the world are necessary components for now because we don't want to get stuck in the doom scrolling, right? So if you are, if you are cultivating that, we need you, right? Anybody who's listening, we need you. We need that, right? We need it present with what's happening. Um, we watch the news in our house, not just one, all the news like we're watching all the news because Brandon it's a news hound right like he's he's really on the pulse of those sorts of things me not so much at that level mm-hmm. but I watch myself watching them right and I notice where I'm having this goes back to their original conversation that we had prior to our the podcast starting everybody but that we would I, I go back to that place of like blessing my enemies you know like or or holding you know, doing a breath of love at where I'm frustrated, you know, or, or seeing a person that's really driving me crazy, you know, doesn't mean I have to love them, but saying like, may love enter that space in the way that's right and good for them. And I think that that really is an active, it's an activism in a certain way within my own body to help me to transform those energies um, as much as it is to be mindful when I need a break and, and not to be a part of it. Mm. Yeah. Love that breath of love. Yeah. Yeah, Energy follows breath. Yes. Energy follows breath. Yeah. How we teach our body how to feel. Yeah. Yeah. Like just big, full, long breathing. I teach it at every fat kid dance party class because like that's what teaches our bodies. We're not in fight or flight. We're okay. Yeah. And we can, we can chill. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I want to say right there that, that if that's okay. Yeah. That, that, I think that for me, magic is everything, um, but witchcraft is a choice, you know? It's, it's a choice of things. And I think that it's in those moments, those living moments where I'm choosing, am I gonna react to this or I'm gonna act 
to something, right? And, and uh, you know, uh, it, that's one of those moments. I try not to expose myself to it all the time, but, you know, like it, there, there is a moment in my day where I, I'm going to sit for this and, and we're going to have it. And, you know, I might have a glass of wine in the process, but, you know, I, I'm going to also uh, be mindful because I need to know what's happening in the world in order to be an activist in it. Yeah. yeah. For me, I, th- I feel like I, I find out what's happening in the world, whether or not I put time and intention into finding out. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's mostly like I choose to stay connected to people. I have a few friends who are reporters that post the most important things. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's a great, that's a good resource. Um, Scott, will you open the Pandora's lid and just tell us what's inside your Patreon? Because Patreon, as people who listen to my podcast know, it's a membership site designed for people to support creators that make meaningful work for them. And I've been supporting your Patreon for a super long time. Yeah. It's only gotten better. Like it's a treasure trove. Like there's so much in there now. Um, Will you just like tell us like some of the fun things people would find supporting you uh, on Patreon? Well, yeah. And I think support is a great way to lead with that. I mean, that's really where I am. What what you're doing when you're subscribing there is, is supporting the writing. The writing becomes a manual. The writing becomes a teaching. The writing becomes a class, right? So people that are in there, you know, one great participant, Mary, who's, who will text me like, oh, this, this, then this, you know, like, you know, she's, <laughs> love her, right? And uh, Mary, if you're listening to this, you're fucking awesome. I tell you that all the time, but I'm telling you again, right? But, uh, uh, I, I appreciate that, but you know, like I appreciate the the that aspect, but it's also like what what com- what you're getting and what's there, right? Is that you're getting weekly writing, which is this year I've tried to be inspirational about it, right? So uh, we're talking about those hope things. It's that it's that um, taking what's there. I think a large part of my practice is witnessing what's happening, feeling what that means, and then writing about it as offerings or insights or channel bits for people to take something from it. I hold everybody within that who is a subscriber there within that circle of light. And then that's where I write from. Occasionally, as we have done, there are candle workings for ancestors. There are um, uh, little tips. There are meditations at um, the praxis level. Um, Right now we're currently working through the tarot cards, applying the meditation technique that I sort of work together um, at the Patreon and then using it through the frame of the tarot cards just to sort of see what we get out of them and, ex- and learn the tarot cards in a certain way. Um, um, there's uh, opportunities to see more of the solid bits that I'm writing at the advocate level. And then there's also levels there where people can subscribe at like a, a higher rate and get like sessions with me every month, readings, energy work, uh, spirit models, you know, little healing things or whatever, um, or gift them to friends um as well but but basically yeah you're getting a you're getting a bit of writing every week um that i uh that i believe and hope is is useful and inspirational for other people um a little bit of insight uh opportunities for meditation magic and uh and those sorts of things yeah and the occasional zoom class like and occasional zoom class yeah Thank you. i have to go to your zoom protection class which is so funny because like i think i have taken it now three times your protection oh, cool. class different every time. I mean, that's the beauty of like being a teacher who's more into the, um, into the now moment, right? Like this, like, I think that's the beauty of like live, uh, performance, honestly, is like creating a now moment with the audience and with the people that are there. So every protection class has been different, but I think it's super important because every time I do something again, I'm a different person because I'm always growing. Uh, I experience it differently. So that I thought was like an awesome, 
bonus benefit was uh, in class with Scott. Yeah. Um, we got one coming up that's going to be, um, I've, I've been working on, the, the writing recently on the Patreon has been a lot about Reiki. I wanted to do something that was more in alignment with all of the magical work that I've done. So I've been rewriting um, brand new material for that. And um, we got some great meditations that are, that are individual, like personal journey empowerments uh, for Reiki. And then some of what I consider the fundamental things like, um, you know, the two hands coming together, which they'll say Gasha, which is Namaste, which is prayer hands, which is, you know, pick your name for that. Um, that we played with on the Patreon and the meditation with Gasho. Um, uh, that's going to be our next one is really, I, that one's progressed a long way through some of the attunements and some of the other distance work that I've done that I feel confident that there's a whole class to come out of that one on just that specific thing. And that's the point of the Patreon is that sort of thing. And so we've all done it and then I get to see, and then, then I sort of resolve on on what that's going to look like. And and that's ultimately what, what comes out of it. Yeah. So if somebody wants to pop into your Patreon, um, it's patreon.com slash Scott K Smith, right? Yes. The S, the K and the S are capitalized. I don't know if that's important, but I would mention that. But if you go there, I'm fairly certain it's updated with everything but the tarot at this point. But there is a public post pinned to the top okay. that you can click and you can see all of the offerings there. Wow. Uh, at each level, I'm about to update it again. So it will include the tarot bits on the meditation, but you can see and sort of like pick where you want to start too. Like, because there's current stuff that's there, but you could also scroll back two years and be like, I'm going to start there with this particular thing and work your way forward with that. And and like sort of have your own little journey class there. So good. I love, I, I just, I love that you exist in this world. I love your Patreon. I love that it's now this like place where people can come and learn from you at a very like cost effective level. Cause typically taking classes is like something you'd invest like, you know, dozens of dollars, if not hundreds of dollars into. And a Patreon is such a nice sustainable thing that even at like, five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, you're learning a lot. And it's incredible. I mean, the tuition I'll say is a bargain yeah. on Patreon. Yeah. So, and you're worth every penny. Like you're, you so you're much. a yeah. tremendous teacher. I've so value having you in my life and just have really, really appreciated uh, what I've learned from you and how it's helped elevate my practice. Wow. I'm in LA specifically to learn how to become more psychic. And like, you were definitely a teacher. I think that I was aligned to come into Oh, I love it. Yeah, I got a good one on that one too. I haven't put together yet because I'm still working on the Reiki stuff, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's there. It's, it's coming soon, but it's yeah, an exploration of differences between intuition and being psychic and listening to spirits and how to sort of modify that for, you know, doing readings or your practice. And then all of like the little protocols or whatever to like protect yourself and to make sure that you're, you know, that your stuff is tight for this kind of work because it needs to be. And, um, and that evolved out of some people, you know, who had questions about things and were sort of taking words and concepts. Arguably this is very easy to do because everything is sort of out there and there's lots of blurred lines, you know, but, but to really distinguish what these, each of these things were and, and sort of create a better practice out of it. You know, like uh, I, I think I, Sinea Roman and, and, wrote a book called opening the channel that I read back in the nineties. Um, and, and that was part of the inspiration because 
she helped me to distinguish between a certain kind of guide, a quality of guide, you know, and then later on Temple of Witchcraft, it helped me to dist to distinguish between other qualities of guide. And so then I was like, there's variations here. There's variations within me. There's variations in our psychic and intuitive perceptions and that class just sort of evolved out of that. But finishing up the Reiki classes first, but that one is coming probably 2021 in there. Um, and I'm deciding if that's gonna be a series of classes or like kind of an intensive um, or, or as a self-paced like video sort of thing that you can do. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm rambling. I want to say that uh, I, I, we, we had a large conversation before we started this, and, and I'm just going to echo what I said there. I'm going to repeat it, that you are also one of my favorite people in the world. And I'm very happy to be here, and I'm so um, glad you asked me, because I love these conversations, and I love you very much. Yay. Oh, I love that so much. And consider me very excited about this class. Like, <laughs> and I want to tell people too, just like, I'm really trying to wrap up the podcast, but I want to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's not you. It's me. It's all of us. It's the, the never ending wonderful conversations. But, um, the, I think that beyond being like an energy healer or practicing working psychic, uh, your intuition and your psychic connections help you in every area of your life. Like, um, I've read great books of, of teachers, of psychic teachers who are like, I have this, this student who uses this stuff in her therapy practice. I have this student who uses it as an executive, right? Like you can really like all of these things. I think they're like shortcuts to life. They're these senses and these ways of knowing and these ways of doing things that make things faster and easier. And in this weird like microwave society, the fact that like we also aren't taught to honor our intuition and our psychic knowing, which sometimes requires us to slow down um, yeah. and not be so fast paced. It's ironic that it can make things go faster, but it can also require you to, to mellow out and slow down. Yeah. So. Yeah. so I just want, I want people's interest to be piqued, especially people who are hearing this in the past, in the future. Uh, who are now in 2021 that might be able to just go over to patreon.com slash Scott K. Smith and find that. Hello, future people. <laughs> Hello, future. Because our now moment gets recorded and then our yeah. now is shared. Oh, what even is time? Okay. I love you so much, Scott. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your wisdom as always. And um, anyone out there who's listening, I just hope you know that you are worthy of love exactly as you are. There's nothing that you need to change to be inherently valuable and important. You are important. We need you. Um, and you are so loved beyond all measure and all understanding. Bye, everybody. Bye.